2: All right, it is the Odd Couple. I am Chris. He is Martin. He's in for Rob Parker. And we are live from the TireRack.com studios. And we're in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships on November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get your tickets today at BreedersCup.com. Bottom of the hour Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus, their lead NFL analyst, also a friend of the show. And we'll ask him. Yeah, we'll settle this. We'll ask him if Brock Purdy can actually quarterback. Or is he just some random off the street that could go in there and play well for Kyle Shanahan?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the numbers say. All right, I the
3: that EPA numbers. per play. And expected rushing over expectation. Yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what, Chris, it's football. There's no calculators here. Yeah, all right.
2: <laughs> I
3: like that, actually, but still.
2: All right. All right. Um, let's get to some basketball, though, Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Phoenix Suns, but my goodness, did it take everything out of them. One hundred and ninety-five. They were trailing by 12, entering the fourth quarter. LeBron James has to score 11 in the fourth, 11 of his 21. Anthony Davis has to score 13 of his 30 in the fourth. And that might sound great. Oh, they stepped up. They came through in the clutch. Great. Until you realize that Devin Booker wasn't playing for the Suns. Bradley Beal wasn't playing for the Suns. And I'm telling you, Martin, it shouldn't take that much. It shouldn't take Herculean performances from LeBron James and Anthony Davis for the Lakers to survive Kevin Durant and a bunch of role players. Sure. To put it kindly. And LeBron had to break his... Minutes restriction, which is 28 to 30 minutes a game. He played 35, including the last 14 minutes and 48 seconds. So, Martin, what is your takeaway from last night's game? What are your thoughts, brother?
3: My thoughts, well, first of all, how is it that you got uh, two of your big three sitting out on day two of the season? Thanks a lot. I thought this 65-game minimum was supposed to mean something in (laughs) terms of uh, seeing stars play, especially on a TNT National Televised game. All right, I got that out. Now, secondly, how many times with LeBron James we're going to see this happen? All offseason, we hear, oh, you know what? LeBron's going to start doing this in his game. Chris, you may remember the track from a few years ago. LeBron's going to come off the ball more, right? And then all of a sudden, boom! What happens five games into the he season? He did last year, I thought. But I mean, it's still he's. I mean, he's a lot of the times he's he's handling the ball and he's the primary ball handler when it, when it really comes down to it, right? We've seen this before. Now with this minutes restriction thing, it. What's the point of even coming out here and saying it and saying we're going to try to establish it if you're not going to keep to it, all right? 30 minutes game one, 35 minutes game two. The reason why it exists is because he's been hurt the last few years. We have to understand that this is the literal oldest player in the NBA. Not an exaggeration, not hyperbole. The oldest player in the league, now that Iguodala and Udonis Haslam have retired, and he is carrying the mantle for this team. So, my thing right. is this. This is a team last year, albeit having Russell Westbrook on the roster, but this is a team that with over, um, with overstood, hold on, overcame, all right, not withstood, not over, overcame starting last season 2 and 10 to make the postseason and go to the Western Conference Finals, right? Now, do you want to do it in the playing game? Not necessarily. But I think in game two, Maybe it's a better idea to sit the only reason why you were in, I shouldn't say, but one of the major reasons why you were able to go on the run that you went on last season, follow the minutes restrictions that you said was your plan all summer, and then potentially determine whether or not somebody else can develop into a clutch, a clutch player that you can depend on in the moment. Everybody talks about how great Austin Reeves is. Austin Reeves last night fouled Kevin Durant to tie the game up on an and one and and blew – well, he blew the cover, which doesn't matter for for our purposes, but blew the cover, blew the seven. But anyway, my point is this. Why not work Austin Reeves-Anthony Davis two-man game when in a situation where LeBron is not on the floor instead of just leaning all on LeBron because he's the oldest player? player in the league. This team goes as Anthony Davis and the rest of them go. So why would you not? Do you understand what you're getting out of LeBron at this point in time?
2: I, I think, look, it's a decent point. Let the other players... You know, do and then I'm no, sorry, things, th- th- just, then just to put a pin in it. Better.
3: Just to put a pin in it. If none of these guys pan out, then you got you know D'Angelo Russell's contract. Let's move it. You know what I'm saying? Let's figure out something we could do to see where we have holes and fill those holes as the season progresses. Because what the Lakers showed you last year is doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're the one seed or the four seed or the t- freaking ten seed. As long as they got a ticket to the dance, I would suggest it, though I think making it, it in the top matter.
2: eight. I see. I. I I hear you, and that sounds good.
3: This guy, let's it sounds Austin, good. That's the best thing you've heard Austin, all day, Bruce Hart.
2: <laughs> let's let Austin Reeves and Gabe Vincent learn. Martin Weiss, I hate to break it to you. It's not CYO. This is not the junior varsity. This is not intramurals at the University of Michigan where you went. This is big boy stuff. This is professional basketball. Okay? These games matter. You practice in the off season. You practice at practice during the regular season. That's when you get better. And then you go out and do it in the game. I don't have time to experiment with you in a real game. The Western Conference, in case you haven't noticed, is stacked. Might be one easy night, Portland. Might be, and they got talent. I mean, man, these games, the West is even deeper than it was last year, Martin. They got to win some games. And the shame of it is, is that the D'Angelo Russells and the Austin Reeves and the Gabe Vincents and the Torian Prince, although he, he played well in the first game, they're not delivering. All right? And LeBron James has to step out there at 38 years old and play 35 minutes. He, if he played 30 minutes, that gives the other guys 18 minutes, Martin to do their thing, to show me something. But they're not showing me enough. And the Lakers cannot let the hole get too big. They don't want to d- dig themselves out of a 2-10 and 10 hole again like they did last year. LeBron's about to be 39 years old. He can't do it. So they want to play well throughout the season. And the shame is not that they didn't let the other guys cook. The shame is that LeBron had in game two to go out there and break the minutes restriction. Cause if he didn't, they would have lost to Kevin Durant and a bunch of role players. I'm being kind.
3: Sure, the guys who were filling in the roster. But you know what? Doesn't matter. Ultimately, what in this in, the, in this whole big conversation, LeBron James is playing for what? championships, right. and you can't win one of those before Halloween. All right. Well, you certainly can't win one if you don't make the playoffs. I get that. But if you lose game two of the season, I think you'll be all right. Now, sure. If we're talking about starting if it's the difference between going one and nine and two and ten, then maybe it's time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe this plan that we spent all summer establishing is absolutely terrible. But Chris well, I, I do you think must think they're be- going to stick to don't you think like I think they're gonna enter The next
2: game and the game after that with the idea to play LeBron 28 to 30 minutes. And then if they need to have him play a few more minutes, I mean, they won't do it every game. Some some nights they might take the L, but if they need to play him a little bit more, they will. And last night they wanted that game.
3: I get it, it's, we'll, and, uh, but we'll see how it plays out going forward, right? Because he did – I mean, I bet they won a game one against Denver, but he didn't play 35 there. So how many – like? and I know, obviously, in the NBA, there are certain regular season games that matter less than others. But the, t- just the thing that gets me, you had a plan. Stick to the plan. And if you don't want to stick to the plan, what was but the point – you know LeBron and don't want to stick to the plan. Then what does he was the lose point it? in signing off on the plan? Chris. Because he knows it's best for him. Then follow the plan when you get in your car and you say, I need to get to I need to get to this destination. You put the GPS on your phone and then you, no, all you of know, a what? Sudden- when I get in the
2: car and I say I'm going to drive the speed limit and then at a certain point I'm running late and I really need to get there. I start speeding. That's but- what that's what happened here. LeBron was going to play by the rules, Look, but then he was
3: running if, late. If you're you know running what, late I this early, if you are running late on game two, then you needed to leave your house earlier. You needed to plan better. right? He That's, did plan. The, there was an accident. Look. So <laughs> you're the type of person, as soon as you run into a little thicket of traffic, even though Google Maps and Apple Maps and Waze and every other street direction says this is the fastest route, even with the traffic, you're like, no, 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 I'm going to turn right and see if I can get around this just because as soon as you run into your first level of any, any pushback from the previously described plan. No, it's ludicrous. I'll tell you what else they need to do.
2: Um... When LeBron's out there, he needs to be playing point. He needs to have the ball in his hands because most of those guys aren't good decision makers. When LeBron is off the ball, if you notice, Mm
3: -hmm. and he's
2: on that wing, out by the three-point line, he's not doing anything. And it's not as much on him. They're not getting him involved. D'Angelo Russell isn't the type of point guard that thinks, let me get guys involved. Austin Reeves just may not be good enough. Let me get guys involved. LeBron is one of the few guys on that team that gets others involved. And that would help them too. And so I think that, look, he can pace himself. He's clearly, Martin, he's got to pace himself. He can do it in spurts. You see that. Mm-hmm. And he can pace himself as the point guard. I mean, unless they start picking him up ninety-four feet and making him work every time, but they don't do that in the NBA for the most part. So he should be able to pace himself at point as the decision maker, and because he can create for other players, whereas the other players don't create anything for him for the most part. Well, so maybe they look. would if with the opportunity. That's all. Slight. They've had the opportunity. He's been off the ball, and he was off the ball last year a lot. I mean, before last season, he would handle the ball 70% of the time throughout his career. He's, he's been off the ball a lot more, I think, these, the last year and the few games we've seen this year. But it doesn't go well for them when he's off the ball. But he can't be on the ball an entire game. But if you're going to limit him to 30 minutes, I think he can. And quick note, Victor Wimbanyama, four, Houston Rockets, two, at the start of this game, Martin, first play of the game, he's in the post, kind of the mid-post, and uh, gets it and turns a uh, turn around jump shot, butter, and that's what I want to see. When he gets it in the post, even the mid-post, back to the basket, Martin, mm-hmm. he should not dribble because that's where he's not really strong enough yet, and the guys that are smaller than him can get to that dribble. Just get it, turn around, and shoot. Jump hook something. Don't put it on the floor. Or if they double, you kick it out on the pass.
3: You need to so, watch some uh, Kevin Durant tape and just take that one little. You know that little shoulder shake he does with the turnaround. Yeah, that should yeah. be that should go right into his back. He
2: he does. Look, I, I I hate to even compare him to Kevin Durant. Not that he can't be that good one day, but because Durant is such an un, freakishly good shooter, sure for his size. But do you see when I watch him, I see some of that. Yeah some of it's just, you know, tall, lanky guy that can shoot, that's got touch, that can handle, but he does do some of that stuff that Kevin Durant does.
3: I think KD so, walked in the game, walked into the NBA with a better handle than Victor has right now. I don't – because I don't know that Kevin Durant has a better handle now. Uh, now it's, it's what, 12, 13 years, 14 years after he have been in the league. But when he walked into the league out of Texas, my man could handle – my man could pat the rock, Broussard. Uh, I don't know. I like.
2: I mean, maybe, but I, I like – I think Wimbaniama's handle is very good for what he needs to do. Um, all right, 877-99 on Fox. We were talking Lakers. So we want your thoughts on him. LeBron burst through – The minutes restriction after one game, all right, he did it for one, and then the second game he couldn't couldn't, and not just him, Darvin Ham wanted him in, and that's what they needed to win. Are the Lakers in trouble? Your thoughts next is Kristen Martin in for Rob Parker, the iCouple Fox Sports Radio.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place, This League Uncut. The new NBA podcast with me,
5: What's going on, in the guys? Man, happy Friday! What's going yeah. on? Yeah,
0: how you doing, man? Oh, hanging in,
5: man. Checking y'all out of shoes, man. Come on, yeah. man! If they already put they putting the panic switch on in game two, come on, man! Pardon him, LeBron, the oldest player, yada yada yada. Chris somebody off the ball, off the ball resting. That's what he was doing, and that's no. I does. agree. I agree. All of this praise they gave to Rob Pelinka, aka Rob Lowe, looking like that. He did all these <laughs> great praise. Man, he, he should be jailed of the season already in the all in season. Okay, so then you get in game two and you, and you bring LeBron in Come on, man! It's just the NBA. I want to watch some of these young guys and some of these older guys that do past the, the limits of whatnot. They're just trying to run up. Oh, the so you so you don't
2: want to watch LeBron anymore? You want him to retire?
5: <laughs> I. Don't watch Kobe's Lakers? No, I don't watch the. No, I don't watch LeBron. I watch the Suns. I watch the the, the Clippers, and I'm trying to see uh, the Mavs, man. And I'm trying to see Big Vic because Big Vic looked pretty good the other night. LeBron, no, but that but is that, that that out, doesn't man.
2: seem related to age.
5: Kevin Durant's an old player.
3: No, I was about, to, and it was probably real hard you know. not to watch LeBron, like if you were watching Phoenix yeah, last night.
5: <laughs> This thing you were talking about just a little bit more. It's the eye test. Come on, LeBron out there just like a boy in a, in a China closet. I was come. nerfing. Hey, come so on, was Shaq. Like, it seemed to work It seemed
2: to work for Shaq.
5: Wasn't a big you just, fan you of Shaq. You're just Shaq clearly either. not was, a LeBron wasn't a big, fan. You're wasn't clearly fan biased against LeBron. I just, I'm just, i not a fan of his game. And it's dangerous. A.K.A. with all them lies, man. Hey, man, y'all got to talk about that Rich Paul stuff. He he pulled on Shannon Sharp the other day, man. Come on, man. Y'all got to step that up today. Come on, man. Give me something, Chris. Rich Paul in the NBA? Uh,
2: Rich Paul talking about shooting three-pointers? Talking about shooting three-pointers, and
5: he's talking about about Kobe and and, and Mamba mentality. He's talking about people not talking about they got in the game because of LeBron, because they might say, okay, because of Jordan or because of Kobe. What does they all have right. to do? Some some type of
2: respect or something. You all need to check that out, man, But hey, man. All, all right, bro. Have, have a good again. weekend, man. Thank you. All right.
3: Pre- appreciate you guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look, if you it's LeBron's been playing way too long for me to, to be like, y'all, I, I dislike watching him play. Like it, it, then you just don't like basketball. Like, you know what I mean? I like, get it. Right. Like you want to pick certain teams, but at the end of the day, like LeBron has been a major part of the nba story over the last 21 years 22 yeah. if you consider his high school years prior to coming into the nba it's hard to ignore a guy like lebron james even if, if you don't like it you can't you have to at least say hey you know I, I give him the props and credit that he properly deserves but you know i do also sit next to the big vanilla funny who will find any reason to make a shot at lebron so you know i'm used to it by this point chris
2: yeah, he uh, he clearly wasn't a LeBron fan. He was tripping. All right, Sam Monson, pro football focus, NFL analyst coming up around the corner. But first.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: Our next guest, pro football focus, lead NFL analyst, friend of the show, Sam Monson. Sam, how are you? Doing well, guys. How about you? We are great. Now, we start off the show talking about Brock Purdy. No surprise, right? And whether or not he is legitimately good in his own right. Uh, It seems to be split. Those that think he's good and those that think he's just a complete product of Kyle Shanahan's systems and the great weapons around him. So much so that they think Sam Darnold can step in and either play better Or as well, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? And what are your numbers showing you guys about Purdy?
4: Yeah, I mean, the great thing is it's one of those conversations that's somewhere in the middle, right? It's got some nuance to it. He's not the second coming of Tom Brady, nor I think is he a complete product of Kyle Shanahan. I think we've seen both extremes of that. We've seen what happens when quarterbacks that are not in any way, shape, or form, good uh, play within that offense and then go somewhere else, guys like Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard. Brock Purdy's better than that. And I think he's better in specific areas that actually make the combination of him in that Shanahan offense better than the sum of the parts. Like the, the strength of that offense is dialing up open receivers constantly, right? So it's going to make anybody look good. Um, and the better the guy is at just making the right read and delivering the ball where it needs to go, the better he's going to look within that offense. But Purdy's biggest strength is probably when the play breaks down. It's being able to ad-lib and extend the play a little bit and find somewhere to go with the ball um, when it's not where he's supposed to go with it. And basically his skill set kicks in when the Shanahan offense or the play call runs out of answers. So the two of them together, I think, are a a really good combination. Um, But I do think that if Sam Darnold started a game and went in there, he'd look pretty good too because that offense is fantastic and it's a huge part of why Brock Purdy's been successful. But I don't think that necessarily means that he is just a creation of it.
3: Now, Sam, Martin Weiss here. Nice to meet you, buddy. Uh, I know you the PFF lead analyst here. Did you happen to see uh, D'Amico Ryan's rookie head coach? Did you happen to see his press conference yesterday when he was asked about DVOA and EPA for game planning by
4: chance? Changing- didn't see what he said. I didn't see what he said. So
3: basically, uh, you know, uh, if somebody asked him in uh, in his post game, or not post game, but you know, his, his uh, midweek availability, and was asking him if he used advanced stats like DVOA, EPA, and he said he he doesn't even really know what that is. More or less, he's more just trusting what he sees on film, watching what he sees on film. What's your takeaway when you hear something like that out of an NFL head coach?
4: Well, he's hired an offensive coordinator who used to be a PFF analyst. I mean, Bobby Sloick worked with us at PFF as a, a senior analyst for a couple of years when he was out of the NFL. So, there's information within that building that's that's connected to analytics. Um yeah, I look, I think you know, Sean Payton was asked about some, something similar recently, and he gave like a long, long answer about how analytics goes into every part of what teams are doing these days. And maybe D'Amico Ryan's is not personally using them in all the things that he's doing in the day-to-day, but other people in the building are, right? And as long as the information flows to him, it doesn't really matter whether he's um, personally – diving through the numbers or or working through the spreadsheets or modeling stuff with mathematical models and those kinds of things, the important thing is that the information is there. And really, that's all analytics is, is just a more efficient delivery mechanism for the information that everybody's looking for, whether it's D'Amico Ryans with his tape, you know, whether it's old school coaches with reel-to-reels and cut-ups and doing it manually, you know, like the dark ages, it's all the same thing. You're just trying to get more information in a more efficient period of time.
2: Sam, uh, Caleb Williams, who is projected to be the number one pick in this upcoming draft out of USC, I would take him number one. But he has looked pretty poor in these last two games. Notre Dame, Utah, both losses didn't play particularly well. In fact, one touchdown, three picks in the two games. Um, And then there, you may have seen numbers that show he hasn't played that well against like top 25 college defenses. So what, what are your thoughts on Caleb? Does what's happened over the last few weeks change or even at least give pause to you? about, you know, what he might be able to do at the next level?
4: I guess it depends, you know, whether or not he comes out of the other side of it or whether this is going to be a trend for the rest of the season. But really, when you watch him play, he's kind of been playing the same way. It's just that the the passes that he's been making, the kind of completely wild, out of structure, Patrick Mahomes type of things that he's known for, they've just been getting punished for, you know, a couple of games. And they're exactly the same kinds of plays, and it's what makes it so fascinating because, you know, Mahomes, the thing that makes him unique is that those plays don't get him into trouble. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that make those types of plays, but most of them don't work half the time. You know, Jameis Winston yeah. makes a lot of plays like that, <laughs> but a lot of the time they end up in the in the hands of defenders. Um, Brett Favre made a lot of plays like that. Right. Brett Favre. You know, they cost him games. They cost him playoff games. They cost him uh, serious wins. Mahomes is the one guy that seems to be able to consistently get away with making those throws and almost never putting them in harm's way. And Caleb Williams looked like the next guy that was in that category right up until, um, you know, really that Arizona game, Notre Dame as well. But now he's putting the ball in harm's way, and it's resulting in, in turnovers sometimes, particularly, obviously, the Notre Dame game. Um, so was that, like, did he just get spectacularly lucky for a period of time? I think he probably did it too much for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I think it's more likely that he's just been a bit unfortunate for a couple of games, and actually Caleb Williams is going to you know, bounce back to being the type of player that I think you're right does belong number one overall.
3: Uh, Sam, with the NFL's trade deadline quickly approaching, it is on Halloween. Based off like your numbers and projections, what's a realistic trade that could happen that would take a team to the next level?
4: I think there's a few that that could definitely happen. Um, you know, I, I think Carolina, if they do really want a number one receiver or yep. a receiver for Bryce Young, there's a few that are out there that they could try and go and get. You know, one of those Denver receivers would make some sense. Cortland Sutton, probably the the obvious one, but Jerry Judy as well. Or even DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the, the, the Tennessee Titans, are selling, right? And they sure. paid him the money. So he's not getting paid much for the rest of the season it's not going to cost Carolina much to bring him in even as a short-term rental just to make sure they don't harm their quarterback with the rest of the season uh, and then the other one I think that makes a lot of sense is one of those edge rushers in Washington Montez Sweat or Chase Young getting moved before the deadline because they've kind of backed themselves into a corner they, they didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option so they're both hitting free agency they're both rep, uh, represented by by the same person, so they can't even play one off against the other. They're kind of stuck without being able to keep them both. So if they trade one away, they might be able to lock the other one up before free agency. And I think there's plenty of teams out there that would be interested in one of those edge rushers, somebody like Detroit, to try and give them you know, a real secondary threat opposite Aiden Hutchinson, someone like Chicago trying to get those defensive linemen playing better. I think there's plenty of suitors for a, a top-tier edge rusher.
2: Sam Monson, pro football focused lead analyst, joining the odd uh, couple. We talked about Brock Purdy, whether or not he's a product of Kyle Shanahan's system or the real deal by himself. Where do you kind of view Tua in that regard? Obviously, he's got a very creative play caller, Mike McDaniel, and incredible weapons around him. Uh, doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. How do you gauge him, you know, in relation to what we are talking about with Purdy, too?
4: Yeah, I think it's a similar conversation, right? Like, we know that that offense is doing a lot of heavy lifting, and so is Tyree Kill and just all the speed that they've assembled there. But we also know Tua's playing really well, and he probably gets more credit than Brock Purdy because he was a top-five draft pick instead of Mr. Irrelevant. But I think it's a similar conversation of how much of it is Mike McDaniel and Tyree Kill and the rest of that system and how much is Tua – the perfect quarterback for it because he can make the right reads really quickly and he's got the fastest average time to throw in the NFL and he's the guy that you want in that system maximizing everything that that system is doing in terms of getting receivers open and drawing up the right play at the right time. I think it's a similar answer that that Tua is a good accurate quarterback that's got some limitations right he doesn't have the physical skill set of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or some of these other guys but he's got accuracy he's got good decision making and if you put him in the right offense he can look as good as those guys um when you look at the production and the overall performance
2: all right that's our man Sam Monson pro football focus lead NFL analyst great stuff as always man enjoy the games this weekend
4: you too, guys.
2: Take it easy. Yep. More odd couple coming your way. Keep it locked, Fox Sports Radio.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: All right, it's the Odd Couple. Chris Broussard, Rob Parker out at the World Series. And uh, what's the score of this game? Diamondbacks, Texas. Texas up 2-0 in the third inning. That's where Rob Parker is. So in for him, Martin Weiss. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. And we are in the final stretch for you to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The World's Best are headed the Santa Anita for the Breeders Cup World Championships November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get your tickets today at BreedersCup.com.
3: How about that? Uh, Rob Parker, a guy who won't, he'll work Christmas, he'll work Thanksgiving, he'll work the 4th of July. This national radio host got on a plane in LA, flew all the way to what is the game being played? Texas, just to watch. This regional sport that Chris Broussard calls baseball. How about that? Did are you I saying baseball that? is not a regional sport? I'm saying that this game is broadcast nationally because it's the well, last set of well, the of year. Course. Of course people care about their teams. That's uh-huh. the way, that's but the I'm way asking, sports you, works.
2: So you're not denying that baseball is a regional sport? Look, we all know Larry I'm not happy teams. about it being a regional sport. I'm just saying it is.
3: There are certain teams that cut through the zeitgeist. Right now, neither one of these two teams are one of them, but after this series, they could be. That's my point.
2: Um, So you're not denying that baseball is a regional sport. This is the third time I'm asking you, and you keep giving me some roundabout, uh, all
3: around the Mulberry Bush answer. Like, sure, people in Jacksonville care about the Jaguars. They also care about, like, Aaron Rodgers. Same thing in baseball. People in Minnesota care about the Twins. They also care about Aaron Judge.
2: So the fourth, this is the fourth time. Are you saying that baseball is not a regional sport?
3: No, I'm not. <laughs> is
2: it a regional sport? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but look, I-, I wish it wasn't. And you know, maybe if this is an exciting series and great, maybe it'll change that. Or maybe an Otani or some of these great players will change that. But right now that's what it is. And and honestly, uh Martin, that's why baseball doesn't get talked about on the national shows like football and basketball. Right? Like have you I I it used to baffle me. When I would go on first take, on, when we were way back at ESPN with Skip mm-hmm. Bayless, and I would go on first take, and it would be this time of year, October, and we're talking more about the NBA and about football, and we're talking hardly anything about the World Series, and I would be like, "Why are we not talking about baseball? We're yeah. treating baseball like it's hockey."
3: But then you got on first things first. It's all those numbers. ratings. <laughs>
2: Well, no, right. But, I mean, before that, they showed me. They said the numbers show when you start talking baseball, the channels turn. Sure. I mean, and, and that goes for the radio, too. I, we here at the I couple, we talk more baseball, or I'd say as much baseball as any national, national, not local, as just about any national radio show out there, and more than the overwhelming majority of them, locally you get a lot of baseball talk. Sure. But nationally, would you agree with my assessment?
3: Yeah, I would. As And speaking of baseball, I, no, I first of all, I do agree with your assessment and also because you got Rob Parker on there. You're not allowed to talk like – you have to at least mention it. But Corbin Carroll just hit a uh, a run scoring – two runs scored off a of Corbin Carroll yep. double, which should be a double – that should be a double and an error. Like, that should they be a double a and an error. He took a, a bad route to the ball. That should be a double and an error. But it's going to go down in the books as a triple. Yeah,
2: I don't think a bad route is going to get the error. Uh,
3: well, as me and Steve DeSager opined about just a few weeks ago, the idea he definitely, that— He definitely misjudged it. But, but the I, idea, I look, an had, error is supposed to— a
2: single had he
3: judged it properly. I agree. But an error is supposed to be if you can like exert normal defensive strategy and still execute the out. That was a terrible ride he took to the ball. At best, it's a double, but they're going to score the a triple because we're losing recipes, Chris.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, moving <laughs> No, I, 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 Sorry, I agree. Steve, we'll talk about he it could, Saturday. I don't think it should have been. In, I'm fine with them giving him the triple, but he definitely misplayed that. My goodness. Like I said, it could have been a single, but game's tied at two. So this is what we want. We want some excitement and some drama. Um, Speaking of which, we got a little bit of that last night in a game that was surprisingly close. Buffalo beat Tampa Bay 24-18. Josh Allen, I thought, played well. And Martin, mainly I thought that he went back to just saying, you know what, I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. And I think he'd been the past few weeks more cautious, more hesitant more thought, you know, uh, pensive, I should say, about how he played. And he wasn't able to kind of be himself. And I think him and the and the Bills were just kind of like, man, do you. And you're gonna, they're going to have to live with the mistakes, the bad plays and things like that. But without that, you're not going to get the dynamic Josh Allen that makes them an NFL contender. I, I, that's how I feel about
3: it. You know what you could do to help limit Josh Allen's mistakes? How about you run the ball? How about you run the ball and, and take some of it off of Josh Allen's shoulders? Because I think we've seen as soon as he is, you know, I mean. Can he carry you through games? Absolutely. But it's up and down, all right? It's like the stock exchange. Some days it's up, some days it's down. Yesterday it was an up day. But when it's down, you need other aspects. And, like, being able to run the ball consistently, especially a team like Buffalo, who uh, plays in the middle of the snow all half the year, the idea they don't have a power run game, baffling to me. Well, that leads
2: me to, you know, look, Sean McDermott, you can't deny he's done a good job there, made them a perennial contender but I I I'm not convinced he's the guy to get them to the next level. And I do think if this season ends as I think it will with a playoff loss um, before the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. then I think they need to consider making a move at, with that coaching staff. I really do because I, I he may have just taken them as far as he can, Martin. Well, either you know, that, some guys can't get them over the hump.
3: Yeah, I, I agree, man. Either that is some coordinator change.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. All right, we got an hour left. A couple. Keep it locked. Fox Sports Radio.